Hurry, hurry, hurry down to Paramnesia Theater. Gather round as four friends share, rewatch, and possibly ruin favorite films from their childhoods. Be sure to come early and get a good parking spot because there's always a good show at the drive-in. Now that'll be $5 a ticket, please. Welcome, dear listeners, to Paramnesia Theater. Tonight's showing features Stay Tuned, a 1992 devilish good time. My name is Anna, and I am joined by my cohorts, Riley. Why, hello. Rebecca. Hey. And Tim. Good morning. Please visit our concession stand for fresh and hot sins with a generous helping of sloth and gluttony to wash it down, because we will be enjoying a healthy moral lesson doused with a social commentary on the effects of television on our modern society. With this movie, we ask that you do not disturb the other patrons with any boomboxes carried on your shoulder, and please remember that channel surfing is prohibited here. We hope that you enjoy your stay with us, since you will be with us for an eternity of hellfire. Nice. I'm very excited for this movie. You and I have seen this movie. Yes. A lot, I think. It's pretty good. It's one of those movies that my dad just, like, kind of brought home randomly one day and just was, like, so good. So Anna's dad used to do that a lot. Every, like, weekend he'd bring home movies and we'd have movies to watch. Remember the time that he brought home The Invisible Man? Oh, yeah. And we were so little and it was so violent and horrible. There's a rape scene in it that was very uncomfortable. Is it a one-person rape scene because he's invisible, I'm guessing? Yes. Yeah. It's horrible. Man, imagine, but you see, imagine having to act that was that, like the first thing I thought of. By yourself. Well, imagine watching it as like a seven-year-old with your friend's parents. I think at my mom at one point was like, you need to turn this movie off. This is terrible. This is not a family movie. And I remember your dad arguing that point. <laughs> and he was like, it's fine. We're already past the bad part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I think he thought it was going to be more on the lines of, like, the original Invisible Man, but it was not. Did, did the original Invisible Man, like, do hijinks, like, tie people's shoes together? Kinda. And, like, hide in closets? Yes. Definitely. But it was, like, an old black and white movie. So yeah. no raping. When not a lot of rape no. in those old, old movies. Mm. When do you think the newer one was from? Like, what was the redo? When was it? 80s, 90s. No, no it was like 2000. I would say oh. early 2000s. Like yeah, maybe, oh. maybe late 90s, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that makes sense. The, the early, right around that time, really late 90s, early 2000s, lawless. You can yes. make anything. Yes. Nobody gave a fuck. Please give me some examples. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know, man. Uh, HBO played porn after 10 o'clock. Max played porn after 10 o'clock oh skinamax uh yes skinamax i mean remember anything on mtv room raiders didn't have that oh so room raiders was a show where a dude uh uh you know uh older teenage to early 20 year old dude gets to go into three separate women's rooms without them being there and rifle through all of their stuff and in every room you got to look at their underwear if they've got any sort of sexual toys and, um, you know, anything else you could find. And they just put this on the television. Were these goals like a checklist on the side of the screen? No, it just always happened. It's no. something the producer was like, you look at her underwear while you're in there. It was That's to, the ratings. It was to see who you might want to date. Who would be a good partner for you to date? And that was the and deciding that factor. that was how you decided who you would like. That's insane. Yeah, you yes. never met the person. You just, oh, it was solely based on... Their room. Their room. Well, Rebecca, I think you and I used to watch um, Date My Mom or something like that, where, like, the parents would pick the potential, like, suitors for their child. Yeah. What By going was on... that called? I think it was Date My Mom. I don't mom. think it was... That sounds wrong, though. 
Fact check. I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. It was parental control. Was that it? That's what yes, it was. Yes, yes, yeah, that's okay. what it was. So if your parents didn't like your boyfriend or girlfriend, they would pick different people for you to go on dates with. And then they would watch the dates happen with that boyfriend or girlfriend that they didn't like. Yeah, like on a, in, in like at their house. So a camera would follow them around. And the parent would always be like, oh, they're so much better for my Jenny. And the boyfriend would be like, I'm good too. Mm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it sounds horrible. like great television. So They really need to bring it back. Yeah, there were no rules back then. Movies were pretty sexualized too. Like uh, Final Destination has a lot of like whale tail happening. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of whale tail in the early 2000s. A lot of sex scenes for teenage murder movies. What a time to be alive. So... What a time to be a Yeah, this movie is not on that level, though, because this movie is from 1992, so it's a little more wholesome. It's like a family setting. Wholesome? The Invisible Man's wholesome? No, we're moving on to the actual movie that we're watching now. Oh, okay. This has been a long time. I was like, Anna, (laughs) that is not wholesome? (laughs) Gotcha. Sorry. No, this particular movie. Um, So I guess we'll go through the synopsis real quick. Um, Salesman Roy Nabel, who's played by John Ritter, Spends all his free time watching TV to the exasperation of his wife, Helen, who is played by Pam Dauber. I don't she, I don't know if she's famous or not, but there she, there's her name. Uh, <laughs> one day, TV salesman Spike, who is b- played by Jeffrey Jones. He's really good. He's very villain. famous. Yeah. Uh, convinces Roy to buy a satellite dish offering 666 channels. The new addition to Roy's home entertainment system sucks him and Helen into Hellvision, a realm run by Spike, who is an emissary of Satan. For 24 hours, the couple must survive devilish parodies of TV programs if they want to return to reality alive. All right, this sounds really fun. It's very fun. I'm really excited. I'm very interested to see, because I don't understand what they're getting into in the TV, so I'm excited. Like, do they have to do things like make a their way through the tv show like Wipeout or something or like i mean there's different um tv channels that are featured there is a game channel at one point like with sadistic game shows um there's also like a survival one where he's like out in the wind- wilderness and there's wolves and shit that are trying to oh eat my god him. Like yeah i remember that afraid. yeah i always think of they also go into a cartoon cartoon yes. world like a tom and jerry kind they of do. situation that's the part i always remember that's about mm-hmm. all i remember I oh. forgot John Ritter was the main guy. That's yeah. cool. I'm excited about that. He's great. He is good. He's a 90s actor for sure. Yeah. But Jeffrey Jones isn't it. There's also another guy. He's always in the uh, American Pie movies. He's the older one with the dark glasses. Eugene Levy. Yes. He's in this as well. Oh, I love him too. That's so cool. I really like his character in this one. Oh, I can't wait to watch this. I'm really excited. I'm realizing now how much I've forgotten about this movie, so I can't wait to see it. There's another part where, like, you get to see Spike in control of all the people that are stuck in this television. It's like a control room. It's very cool. But you see, like, corporate interactions because there's, like, underlings and stuff, and they're all trying to get... I mean, they're all, like, devils or demons or something, so they're always, like, scheming within themselves. It's very cool. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see this movie. So, yeah, John Ritter is, like, a crazy doppelganger. Or, I guess, Pete Holmes. I thought that's who this guy was. I was like, wait, I know this guy. He looks incredibly like Pete Holmes, the, the stand-up. I don't, I don't know who that is. Uh, he's a comedian. But um, they look wildly similar in some of these photos that I'm seeing on DuckDuckGo. 
a safe space to search for information. Sorry, I'm like super into conspiracies right now, and you should stay off Google. <laughs> you said that while I had Google open. Now it's sending, <laughs> now it's, it knows. It's sending some malware your way right now. It's tracked you down. I've got to get off your Wi-Fi fast. <laughs> the old Skynet's already found you. So I would rate this movie pretty high because it's one of my favorites, but like on IMBD, uh, it's got a 6.2 out of 10, which I feel like is not very high for how good of a movie this is, in my opinion. I wonder if looking back, the effects are going to be pretty terrible. I mean, it shouldn't be because like... Most of them are practical effects. Yeah, like a game show is easy and yeah, cartoons are easy-ish. It's animated. <laughs> yeah. So... I don't know. We'll see what happens. It was probably hand-drawn, because in the 90s, I think they were still doing cartoons hand-drawn. Mostly. Kind of, yeah. It's not like a Toy Story kind of situation. No. Especially 92. Yeah. It was like classic 50s, 60s cartoon style, though, with like the Tom and Jerry kind of feel. Yeah. So is this an animated movie? The whole thing? No. No. Okay. Just that one part. I'm seeing a trend with a lot of the movies that we pick. <laughs> a, they're all within the six-star range on IMDb. Yep. And they feature some sort of regular people to animation. Yeah. Yep. That's kind of odd. I didn't realize that this movie also fell in that line. They did that a lot, I guess, back then. I was about to say, it's kind of more, I think, it's just the niche that we're in right now. Yeah. Of, of that specific gap. I think most of us are going for like childhood movies specifically at the point for the beginning, so it makes sense that Yeah. They're kinda in there. But that is that is an interesting observation. Now yeah. I have to figure out what movie I'm doing next. Yeah. Like am I already accidentally staying in that lane without realizing it? <laughs> Do you have an idea what your next movie is? I haven't given it any thought, to be nice. honest. I'm wondering if I want to push Condor Man this early, but <laughs> but I, I don't know. <laughs> It's nice. it's always a tough one, but you do talk about it a lot. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's amazing. It's got everything you need. So Anna, would you uh, bring us for a snack? I brought dirt cups. So I made uh, chocolate pudding, and then I crumbled up some cookies. So there's a layer of cookies and also strawberries. Nice. Ooh. That sounds so good. That sounds delicious. It's one of my favorite things. I thought it was appropriate because we're talking about hell kind of in this movie and like six feet under. Mm. Nice. Is there anything at the bottom of the dirt cups? Pudding. Just more pudding. The infinite pudding paradox. I did put them in little cauldron looking things. <laughs> nice. That's cool. So are you ready to watch this movie? Oh yeah. Is that it starting? Sense. Show starts in one minute. Yeah. Sounds like it. Let's go. Get our seats. <laughs> happy to have you with us this evening and want you to enjoy every minute of your stay here. And while you relax and stretch, visit our concession where you'll find something to please you. There are ice cold drinks, delicious sandwiches, ice cream, coffee and snacks, and many other pleasing treats. Our foods are fresh and tasty, our drinks satisfying and refreshing. Welcome back. How did everyone feel about that movie? It was amazing. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so I'm not a huge fan of the devil stuff, but I will say it was very clever in like all of its puns, and I really enjoyed all of the TV channels 
or shows, I should say, that they came up with. Those were very fucking delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the puns were really great. I tried to write down most of them. I got Northern Overexposure, Different Strokes, where people just had strokes. That was my favorite. <laughs> that was really good. Dwayne's Underworld, Driving Over Miss Daisy, Murder She Likes, Golden Ghouls, Fresh Prince of Darkness, Unmarried with Children. I think that's all the ones I wrote down. They also had the Silencer of the Lambs commercial <laughs> mm-hmm. for the child muzzles. That was very clever. Yeah, honestly, the devil part is my favorite part of this movie, how they go kind of like hard with it. Like they do a little bit. Even like in the intro, it has that little TV and they make the antennas and the cord look make it look like a little devil. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that part of the opening. That was a fun animation style. And I mean, you could see what they were going for. It was, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Well, the soundtrack at the beginning, too, I really liked. The opening song was fantastic. Just like speaking of the TV there. Mm. That was, just, I thought they did a really good job on that. It made me think of like a space adventure, like Galaxy Quest. It was like that kind of like adventure, but like weird. Weird adventure. Yeah. Like space balls kind of. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 It did give that vibe. Uh, Spike is a favorite character of mine in this movie, he, um, which is played by Jeffrey Jones, the father from Beetlejuice. Yeah. Yeah. That character is very fun. He like when he arrived on the at the French Revolution and his cape was like all over the guillotine stand. Yeah. I want that cape. That thing's huge. That it, was so cool. Yeah, that thing was very, very cool. It really set a uh immediate imposing feeling on like the whole situation. Yeah, definitely. It really used, darkened it. Yeah, and then he uses it to like sweep her up and they, they leave the and go wherever they went, but it was very Phantom of the Opera y. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Well, even when we were introduced to him in the very beginning, um, he like picked up the fencing sword and was like playing around with it. And he's like, Have you ever killed anyone? To yeah. have Roy there. I wonder if that's because that's just an easier soul to grab. You're like, Oh, well, you're a murderer. So, like, you're yeah. coming here anyway. I don't have to do all this. I do like that that foreshadowed the ending. Yeah. That mm-hmm. his fencing would come in. I didn't even think about that till just now. I didn't think about it much because he was a terrible fencer in the beginning. And I was like, man, this is what a lot of people do when they play with swords. Just kind of swing them around and smash vases. And That's true. But he was in a confined space, which he's probably not used to. Not conducive for fencing. Yeah, not really. I've always wanted to do fencing. Me and Anna tried to sign up when we were kids, but nobody did it in our area. So we ended up at ballet. Yeah, and we did that for like three weeks. And then we were like, I'm tired of stretching. They should combine the two. <laughs> mm. Ballet fencing. Mm-hmm. That'd be perfect. Mm. No, that's perfect a sport. sport. That would be so cool. Think of the recitals you could do. Mm. They'd be so interesting. The pirouette of death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess we're starting a new club. Right in if you'd like to join our ballet fencing classes. If we get ten people, we're doing it. Totally. And we're four right here. Only six more to go. The first rule of ballet dancing, um, fencing club, is you have to ballet fence dance whatever it's called the first time. If it's your first time. (laughs) It's everyone's first time. (laughs) Everyone's first time. So everyone has to ballet fence dance. (laughs) Or whatever the fuck it's going to be called. So every new person pretty much just gets murdered because everyone else has experience who's been there already. There's about a 50% dropout rate after the first class. 
really. Attendance remains low. Wait, we're actually killing the people now? <laughs> it's to the death. Oh my gosh. This isn't what I was talking about. It goes with the theme of the episode. Okay. Well then. Maybe we'll change it after the pilot. Who, who knows? <laughs> Depends on ratings, I guess. I really liked the animated segment. I feel like they did that extremely well. Like, it reminded me very much of the cartoons. Yes. At the time. I am... Um, I th- pretty sure they had a tom and jerry episode where the people got a robot cat to replace tom oh yeah definitely Mm -hmm. yeah okay cool i'm glad that was a real memory and not just something i made up cool a lot of the shows were like very reminiscent of other things that were like a parody but also evil sadistic like the sadistic hidden videos i always thought that was really that was horrible police author goes up and tells that lady that her husband's dead (laughs) She's sobbing. Look over there. I wrote, a camera. I wrote down, these channels are fucking disturbing. Because mm. that are. was awful. I feel like that was one of the first ones that they did. And so it kind of, like, there wasn't really a, like, a tone set for me yet. And that yeah. was a weird way to just kind of, it started out real dark. broad strokes. Yeah. Oh, but, the beginning, sorry, yeah. My question is, who are the NPCs? Like, the other people in the show shows oh i don't know just other souls that they are so you just get to like chill sometimes and watch a watch a sitcom be made or a game show i guess i don't know i guess i didn't understand when i was watching this as a kid that the people that were working in like television control room were like former dead people because then eugene levy's character was like said something and the guy was like oh so you were a comedian He's mm. like, yeah, I opened for so-and-so in Vegas or something. Yeah, and then he made that comment in the winter place where he was like, the cold is no place for a stiff. Yeah. And that clicked for me, too. I was like, oh, my God, they're, like, dead people. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get that Which as a kid. I feel like we should have maybe got... I always thought of them more like spirits than physical dead bodies. Yeah, right. Maybe well, it's because of the realm that they go into, whereas, like, when they're in the office area, it's, like, a different... Like, that's the more yeah. like... They need, like, a physical being to be there. Yeah, yeah. Mm, weird. I did very much like Northern Overexposure. Yeah. As well. Yeah, that was good. I just started watching Northern Exposure, the show, too, which I thought was so funny, because I didn't get the actual reference as a child. I had never seen that show before. Yeah. And obviously, the one in the movie has a different tone. I feel like Northern Exposure is a really obscure show. Like, not a lot of people have heard about it. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, but I used to watch that one with my dad as a kid. Yeah, I watched it with my grandmother. I should say, I watched it at my grandmother's house. She wasn't present. I did not recognize that one. It did not click for me. There's something about a moose, right? There's a moose it's, in that show. It's a New York doctor that goes to Alaska to like work, and it's he's from New York, so it's like a big culture shock. And he's you, in this tiny town. You know Mr. Ed, the horse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they have that with a moose. No. no. In later seasons. No. That's not true. I think the moose is just like part of the intro or something. It is. It's not like It's just the fact that it's in Alaska. And then eventually he rides the moose. Ooh. Yeah. And he assembles like wolves onto his arms and it becomes like a big moose transformer. Does he invite the moose's best friend, the squirrel? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He's piloted entirely (laughs) by squirrels. His head actually opens up and he is a squirrel robot person. What a twist. Yeah, it really throws the whole series off. They make no mention of it up until the very end, the turns, last episode. Turns out Rocky is Bullwinkle. 
whoa. Wow. Mind blown. So did anyone else think that in the very beginning, the opening scene, when it's that couple and they're watching TV and they get a bowl of popcorn, what are your thoughts on the size of that bowl of popcorn? And then she said, and then she goes, we need more butter. I was like, holy shit, that popcorn's yellow. Yeah, like you need an entire box of butter. Like that. That was a lot. It was a small pool of popcorn. It was just insane that they set that up for just like, oh, two people are going to casually eat this while they watch a movie or whatever. So much popcorn. Yeah, it was a lot of popcorn. That was disturbingly large amounts. I got the impression that it was mostly for the wife. She seemed to like boss him around quite a bit. Mm. Yeah, definitely she wears the pants. Yeah, no, he seemed very happy in that relationship, which was why it was so funny that he just didn't care later on when he came back into the plot. And he was like, yeah, my wife died like, Five channels ago, and I'm totally cool with it. Which brings me another question. Does he still have a chance to live, or is he doomed? Is it a team thing? I mean, it was around 22 or 23 hours at that point, I think, gone by. And he had been, he was from the night before, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so his 24 hours would have been up. He was in it. Oh, so it is a team challenge. Like at that point, I guess he'd be like a character Oh, maybe that's the NPCs or the spouses that didn't die but didn't win. Mm. Ooh, interesting. Well, I don't know about the spouse thing either because that got confusing toward the end when they were saying the number of contracts and people that should be in there. Yeah, because he signed the contract, not his wife. Mm. Right, and that guy pointed out. But then also the first couple, it was the same exact situation and the wife died. So this guy's just been getting like double the amount, just a scam artist. Just getting, getting, it's like bogos on souls mm. hmm. <laughs> maybe that's maybe maybe he targets married couples specifically knowing that he'll get the twofer mm. it's a smart strategy that's how he meets his quotas exceeds even i liked all the references where like the one viewer is satan like this tv cable situation where they've got souls in it is for satan to watch like that was yeah yeah it's just an entertainment system it's yeah not even it's just like his a... tv like when he feels like watching it I did not realize that. Yeah, they said something at the end that he needs to be entertained or some shit. And when they lose, it's not entertaining or whatever. The, oh, when they when get the out. bad people lose. Yeah. Right. Um, Roy sucked, man. I would have left his ass, too. I get watching a lot of TV, but, like... He was also incompetent in the shows as well. Like, she was the one that yeah. won the wrestling match. Okay, I had some thoughts on who I think would do it better. It would change the entire premise of the show. I think the wife should be Marissa Tomei. <laughs> All right. And the husband should be Adam Sandler. Oh, that is a good mashup. I couldn't think of anyone better than John Ritter. But for his wife, I couldn't stop thinking of either Bonnie Hunt or Helen Hunt. I think either of them would be great because Bonnie Hunt was um, the grown-up Sarah in Jumanji. Mm. Are they related? I don't know for sure. Because, like, you'd think so, but for some reason I get the feeling that they're not. I am uncertain of who that is. If you saw a picture, you would know. They are both unrelated to each other. However, they have both played Tom Hanks' love interests, Bonnie Hunt in The Green Mile, and Helen Hunt in Castaway. Huh. This is Bonnie Hunt, Tim. Was she the mom in Seventh Heaven? Mm, maybe. Oh, I definitely remember her from Beethoven. Is she yeah. the mom in that? Beethoven, Beethoven's second. Cheaper by the Dozen, definitely those two mm-hmm. as well. 
Okay, very cool. And this is Helen Hunt. She was in Mad About You. She was in a lot of things. Mm. What Women Want. What Women Mel Want, Gibson. Yeah. Castaway as Tom Hanks' love interest. I've never seen that. Mrs. Castaway. You've oh, never, never seen, seen Castaway? No. Oof, it's a rough movie. It's really good. Have you ever wanted to watch a plane crash and then see a man fall in love with a volleyball? He doesn't fall in love. It's his best friend. Is it kind of like Lost? <laughs> Without the weird science fiction stuff. Mm. Without the undertones. <laughs> and the poor ending. Mm. Yeah, no, I've never seen that one. But a lot more sex with volleyballs. Oh. Just like a tremendous amount. <laughs> Those undertones. Yeah. Oh. It's not even an undertone. <laughs> That's just it's amazing what you can do with a banana, a volleyball, and a man. Oh my god. I also think the kid that plays John Ralphio from Community would be, make a good replacement for Eugene Levy. John Ralphio's from Parks and Rec. Yes, I think the kid that plays John Ralphio from Parks and Rec would make a good replacement for Eugene Levy. Yes. I could see that. 100%. I put um, Jay Bruchel. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. But he's always hanging out with like Seth Rogen and those guys. He's the like squirrely, tall, skinny one. Mm, okay, yes, mm. I yeah. do know. Yep. He's, he would be a good Mr. Crowley, I thought. Or Danny DeVito. Always Danny DeVito. <laughs> Danny DeVito would be Spike, let's be honest. That's true, yeah, definitely. Mm, I don't know. I feel like the the lack of height would keep it from being as imposing. I don't think so. Danny DeVito could be fierce. Yeah. I also said the big guy from Penn & Teller. I don't know which one is which. I think it's Penn. Penn. Penn Gillette? Yeah. That sounds right. I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway, the big guy from Penn & Teller. Mm. I thought it would be a good spike, too. Mm, yeah, I could see that. I think the guy... I would just leave the guy that did it. He was pretty good at He is it. really good. However, I, I had a small but uh, standout role for Jack Black as the wrestling commentator guy. I think he would have been yeah. a fantastic. Just like a little few lines. Yeah, he would have been fucking great in this movie. He should have been the ogre. He should have been the one in the wrestling suit. No, oh, he mm. should have been both. He should have been everybody in that scene. Yeah. The wrestling scene was interesting. I, I did not see that one coming. No. Just, I, just like how they, everything flowed together in general was, was very amazing. It was really well done. Um, I, I know there's a lot of different movies and shows out there that kind of do the, that jumping between different things. And even in that context of it being a pre-existing show or, or, or book or whatever. But I feel like the way that they did this and, and how smoothly it transitioned was really, really impressive. I think overall, all the effects, like nothing looked wonky. Like nothing pulled me out like, oh, you, that was that I have was one. Uh, when the ground opened up and the car drove down the hill. Oh, I liked that. I thought <laughs> that, that was, was I thought that was clever. I thought it was funny, but I didn't think it was like particularly good CGI. It wasn't impressive, but I, I enjoyed it. I think it fit well with the environment and everything. Like it didn't pull you out of it. Yeah, it was okay. Different it, strokes. Yeah, different strokes. That commercial was good. I, I didn't know what was happening. I lost the feeling in my arm. I just lost my eyesight. <laughs> I really strokes. liked The Exorcist. That was really yeah. good. Yeah, that one yep. was funny. All right, ladies, feel the burn. <laughs> good job, Stephanie. I did not like no how vomit. they added the audio of the neck cracking every time the head rotated around. It was like... I didn't notice <laughs> that. Oh, it's, it was... That's awesome. Really gross. It added too much realness. Overall, I only found two lines that I didn't think aged well. One was when they pushed the 
um, hair dryer into the bathtub with the fake cat. And she's like, don't try this at home, kids. And you're like, oh, I very re- suicide I really liked it because I thought it was exactly something that would happen in an old school cartoon. Yeah. Where the character would look at the TV and say. Oh, 100%. So well, that, that was, I thought that was sorry. cool. That and um, that she's a mom. Well, like, it makes sense that a mom would be like, this isn't funny. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, then there's the irony, too, that, like, you pull one screen back, and it's like she's actually talking to her kids. So don't try this at home, kids. Mm. Really clever movie. Yeah, I, I th- yeah, there was a lot of stuff where I was, I was just very impressed. It was, it really kept you pretty consistently, like, like, kept me giggling pretty consistently. Yeah, and I feel like it's one of those where if we went back and watched it again right now, you'd notice so many more things that you didn't catch the first time. Yeah. I love those kind of movies and shows. One thing that I actually noticed this time that I didn't notice before was on the robot cat in the cartoon version, when he took out his flamethrower, it had a no smoking symbol on the side of it, which I had never seen before. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that too. That's funny. I guess because he's explosive. Yeah. Flammable liquid Mm -hmm. is in this one. (laughs) Which is wild to have a mouse catcher cat have that much arsenal on it. Like, I mean, he destroyed he had the house. Rockets. He he had everything. The scenes where there were bullets flying in the air was insane. There were like fifty bullets on the screen at a time, and no one's getting shot. <laughs> Classic cartoons. Which I mean, mm-hmm. did you? Was it always that many bullets? I remember oh, so many bullets. <laughs> you hear the sounds, but I don't remember just like seeing like a flood of ammunition flying by. I wonder if your homeowner's insurance covers that stupid robot cat. If you have to get special You'd have to plans. have Acme insurance. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just write a letter. You'll get it. Yeah. Whole new house delivered. The insurance companies make so much more money in the cartoon world. I think they'd be poor. I think they'd be... Yeah, I guess. Out of money. Everything gets destroyed. But imagine how much it costs to have the insurance. Yeah, true. It's probably like 12 watermelons a month. <laughs> it's something ridiculous because it's a cartoon. <laughs> That's true. The other line that just didn't age too well for me was your daughter's pom-poms look fantastic. Or I forget the rest of the line. I was trying to write it down, but I was like, yikes, very creepy. She is clearly a teenage, a young teenage girl. Yeah. Like 15. Yeah. To 15. I would say, Mm. um, for delicious dialogue, I enjoyed that's one clever pussy and you're a pizza topping. (laughs) I thought that was good. So I don't get that one. I don't, I don't know, get like the pizza topping one. Your dead pizza meat. toppings are dumb. Slices of pepperoni. Yeah. They're your brother. Yeah. Banana peppers. Pineapple. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Oh. All right. I see, I, see, I see why it's an insult. So in the very beginning, when the, the when Spike comes to the door and he sells it and then he hands him the remote. It's like the remote is that seems to be like the key to this or whatever. But when they get in there, I don't really remember them having the remote to do stuff and then until a certain point suddenly they had it again or they got it from that guy was it that they didn't have one what happened to theirs originally they left it at home because the kids use it after that to oh change the right because they were out in the backyard with the satellite yeah okay so and it... she was leaving him so she didn't bring the remote with her okay so yeah then the first guy who left he must have been given the remote right after the immediate installation mm-hmm so that when he was sucked in, he had it on his person. Yeah. Because he never went inside. The installation process for this satellite dish is insane. It's the first guy at the beginning, it took him walking from the front door to the back door 
for that satellite dish to be in. Yeah. Oh, you saw how it melted into the ground. Yeah. It probably came up the same way. But this is where your concern should lie. You should be like, this isn't right. And then don't sign the fucking contract. Maybe Spike at that point is like, hey, look over there so that (laughs) he doesn't see it. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah. (laughs) Did it like unmelt from the ground? It sprouted like a flower. So the remote thing really reminded me of Click. Like, immediately I was like, oh, this remote that does like all this stuff. So I wonder if that led to any sort of inspiration for that or Mm. um, if it was just this totally separate thing. But I immediately was like a remote control that gives you power over various things. Click. So if you did remake the movie with Adam Sandler and gave him the remote control, you could Mm -hmm. have one very good line that's a callback to Click there where he goes, oh, not a remote again or some shit like that. Huh. That'd be funny. Oh, you know who should be Spike is um is uh Bill Nye. The science guy? No. <laughs> the British actor. <laughs> who is who is that? Um he's from uh Oh shit, what's that movie we like? Bill 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 Bill, Bill, Bill Nye. He's science Bart Flatabagat Bart Flabagatabaster or something like that. What? In, in uh Flatabergerst. It's uh, he's got a really crazy name. There's a lot of consonants. Is he like old? Yes, yes very. He's older, Bill yeah. Nighy. Yeah. No, I think it's just pronounced Nye. I. Are you sure? There's like a, a significant number of letters after Nye that make it seem. He was Davy Jones in the Pirates mm-hmm. of the Caribbean. Yes. How does what is Bill Nye pronounce his name? Of. About time. He's the dad oh. of that. Great Under, film. Underworld. Oh, yeah. He's the ultra vampire. Mm. Oh, I never. I haven't seen that in a very long time, since high school. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I have like. No, you were the first three. If you want, you were right. They're both pronounced Bill Nye. It's crazy because there are a lot of letters. His name mm. has a lot of letters that seem unnecessary at this point. There's it's a probably, G in there. He's Irish, isn't he, or something? British. British. They have weird spellings. It's kind of like knight without the T, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. But with uh, a Y. Oh. There's a Y on the end. A Y on the end. Because I've definitely heard it pronounced Nihi a lot in my life. Well, that's not apparently the way he pronounces it. Well, too bad, man. You're famous. The public has decided. He should just change it to Paul Nigel. Why? I like it. But weird. Anyway, if I was an upcoming famous person, I would too would change my name to have the same as somebody else's last name. Maybe Donnie Glover. What? Just really confuse things. You got Daniel, Danny Glover and Donald Glover. And Donald Glover and I'll just be Donnie Glover. Why are you talking about this? I don't know. I kind of uh, went in a different direction with my I'm assuming what you're saying is that Bill Nye would name himself Bill Nye because of what's happened just now, where people would start talking about the science guy. I'm pretty sure he was but, around but first. Accidentally? Yeah, I'm sure. Really? He's old, man. Have you seen Bill Nye the science guy recently? That dude. Is yeah, yeah but he was young when I was young. So well, Bill, Nye young, is, but... Bill Nye is 73. Yeah. Which one? Bill Nye. Not the science guy. Not the science guy. Okay. The actor guy. I think the science guy is older. If not, he's no led way. a very unhealthy lifestyle. No way. No way, he's ingested, man. He's ingested so much science. that Too much science. He just always looks very frail. I feel like if he was to accidentally bump into something, he like is six years younger than Bill Nye. That's Perfect. it? I knew it. Yes. He is 67 Still younger, though. to 73. Still younger, but damn. Okay. 
I mean, I guess he was 30, almost 30 years ago. The science guy? Yeah. 67. Seven. Right. And Bill Nye is 73. He aged very well. He has an upcoming movie called Dragon Keeper. He's getting a lot of those roles. I think ever since Underworld, he's had a lot of... I don't know. I'm always seeing him pop up in that type of situation. Yeah, I didn't write any names down for uh, replacement or alternate characters. I, I couldn't think of anyone. I really tried, and I, I just couldn't think of any good ones until just then with Bill Nye. But... Mm. I didn't think I'd have such a hard time, but I couldn't come up with anyone for the two kids. Like Maybe like Macaulay Culkin when he was a little kid, or uh, who was that other one that was in a bunch of shit? Um, John Lipnicki. Oh, Jonathan Lipnicki. Yeah, he was the kid in Big Daddy. No. No. Oh, he was that the was other one of the kid. Sprouse twins. He was, he, or both of them. It was. You're right. That's weird. He was the kid from um, that movie with Tom Cruise and um, Cuba Gooden Jr. Show Me the Money. Oh, oh my I god. Know. I know what you're talking about, but what, I don't. What's the name of that movie? It's like the most famous movie ever. Are you thinking of Jerry Maguire? Yes. Yes, that is the movie I'm thinking of. How old is Tom Cruise? Older than we'd think. He's probably 80. He's like 60 something. I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. Oh. But he definitely wow. eats babies. <laughs> that was disappointing. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll look it up. Tom Cruise. I'm going to say 40 or 54. I think 63. You think Tom Cruise is 63? Holy fuck, Tom Cruise is 60 years old. Ha! I went over. Bill Nye looks infinitely worse than this man seven years later. I I thought Bill Nye was 67. He is. Oh, Tom Cruise is 60. 60 years old. Oh, wow. And he looks infinitely better. You say more than seven years younger? Yes, he looks like 27 years younger. Mm. Yeah, but Tom Cruise is still out there doing his own stunts and shit. I mean, he also has alien magic keeping him young, so Mm. he has the upper hand. He was into Scientology for a long time, so who knows what they did there. Oh, is he out? Still is, isn't he? Uh, Probably. He's like their biggest. Mm -hmm. He's the big one. He's the the star. The one you mount on the wall. For all we know, he might be mounted on the wall. This one could be a clone, and that's why he never ages. He does do a lot of clone movies. Or he did one, at least. Oh, the one on the planet where they're surve- they're monitoring it? Yeah, what was that movie? I don't know, but I always watch it thinking that it's Live, Die, Return, or or Live, Die, Repeat. And then there's another name for it, but it's the same movie. They, like, switch titles huh. at some point, like, between, I think, theaters and the, the release or something. Weird. Yeah. Something tomorrow. Uh, edge of tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. The edge of tomorrow. Or live, die. Yeah. It is the edge of repeat. tomorrow. Yes. The I official think. name is the edge of tomorrow. And then like underneath on the poster it says live, die, repeat. Oh. Also, Jonathan Lipnicki is jacked. Now he is, he is a very strong looking lad. And who was that? Played in Stuart Little. The kid with the glasses? Jerry Maguire. Yeah. 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 Yes. Pretty impressive. Although he looks like Guy Fieri in that He was picture, also so. in a movie, I think, Little Vampire. I yes! Think. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I remember that one. I forgot about that one. So did everybody else. 
Not me. <laughs> Not yet. Is that your next movie? No, but maybe I should put it on there. <laughs> oh boy, is he? Does he play a vampire? Yeah, he's a little vampire. Oh, I think he befriends a little vampire. So he's not a little vampire. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is like his friend or something. Yeah. I wonder if he turns into a vampire at the end. I think he does. I think you have to put this on your list officially. Okay. Have you not seen it? No. Mm. You never saw that? No. I remember like commercials for it. I remember the ads and stuff, but I never saw that one. That's a good one. Hmm. No animation in that one, though. Oh, man. Maybe you'll be the one to finally break the trend. <laughs> oh, I like the um, the Star Trek channel. It was cool. Because I'm pretty sure all those actors were real people from Star Trek. I didn't notice that, but oh, I th- they were all dressed like Yeah, I think characters. at least some of them seemed like they were the real actors. The one guy looked very familiar to me. I don't know any of their names. I'm not a Star Trek person, but... I think John Ritter was supposed to be uh, Jean-Luc Picard. Mm-hmm. But, like, the set looked more like when William Shatner was on there. Oh, I would never have known that difference. Dropping some Star Trek knowledge (laughs) over there. Okay. I guess I watched too much of that. You could tell me anything about Star Trek and I'd believe it because I don't remember anything other than fucking Patrick Stewart. In the finale of Star Trek, there's this moose, right? Yeah. And he talks like Mr. Ed. And then Spock gets on his back and they form like Ultron. And And then then he turns into squirrels. The GoBots start, yeah. Oh, wow. What a crazy show. It's wild that there's so many shows that have squirrels that are people or mooses. Yeah, it's very common, I guess. Realistically, I, th- I think it's, you know, one of those conspiracy theories we need to investigate more. Sure. Also, the finale was the Western, which yeah. is my favorite thing ever. And he was dressed just like Clint Eastwood. Mm. So mm-hmm. cool. I love the poncho look. Yeah. So good. It looks so cool. The close-ups on the eyes during the draw. Yeah, the, just, the twitching. It was just those all those little touches where I was like, you really paid attention to what you were doing. Yeah, they did a fucking great job. I liked when the undertaker was measuring him for the coffin. That's what he was doing. I didn't catch that at all. That was funny. I thought he was trying to hand him the stick. I was like, what is that for? No, it's for the coffin. That makes so much more sense. Good joke. Yeah, the fight scene in that, um, I guess, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be like the Mont- the Count of Monte Cristo or whatever when they're yeah. doing the the sword scene. I guess it must have been. But that was really cool. I liked it. Because then um, Crowley, Eugene Levy's a mm-hmm. character there, because he had no arm and leg when he hopped away in the armor suit. Those it things fell off. apart. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That was funny. I forgot all about his character until he was getting ripped apart by the wolves. And suddenly I was like, I remember this part. Yeah. But I forgot he kept coming back. Yeah. He like doesn't die for whatever reason. Well, he's already, he's already dead. dead. Uh, yeah. I, I know. I guess he's just an NPC. He was saying point. he knew how to find all of the special static spots to go to the next channel. Oh. Because he was like, I'm going to find one that's got like drinks in a beach and go, go relax. But then he went from the... Well, we saw him, yeah, getting eaten by wolves. Then he was suddenly in the French Revolution, which didn't seem to be the best place to be. Mm. No, not really. I would not want to be there. Mm. And I really liked when the guards were picking up um, Roy and his wife and thought they were both ladies because he was yeah. cross-dressing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he said something about your breasts being diagonal. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. I was going to buy you chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's a callback to the movie Shock-A-Lot. 
That's French and about chocolates. I don't know. I've never seen the movie. It was French? It's chocolat, not a French word. It is for chocolate. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, I've so I'm going to fucking film. put two and two together so far. Well, I was just confused because it was shown in Spanish one class. So that's all I thought. I just, for some reason, assumed it had something to do with Spanish. But hmm. I also had I don't that. Know. I've never actually watched I mean, it. It's, so I think I, it's I also Spanish. Wrong. But a lot of those languages have the same words for things. Hmm. Well, hmm. next time we'll watch Shock a lot and figure it out. I don't think it's on anyone's list. No. No, it's not on mine. I don't have any interest in that one. Or I don't even know if we we're allowed to say that, but I'll just say I've seen it. I've seen it so much. Too much. <laughs> we don't Too much to. to look at. I have never heard of it, so I have no idea what's going on. You've never even heard of it? No. You've never heard of the movie Shock A Lot? A love tale mm. of our time? No. It's about a guy who brings chocolate to a woman in France. I don't believe you. It's about a moose. <laughs> It's very spicy. It's a spice. It's Mexican, it's Mexican chocolate. chocolate. That's where the Spanish comes in. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how we merge cultures. It's all about the melting pot. It's chocolate caliente. <laughs> also, at the beginning of the movie, the kid was narrating, and he said that the average American watches seven and a half hours of TV. I was curious if that was true. A day, he said. I mean, like, how could it be? Mm. If you wake up... If you work eight hours a day, and you watch eight hours, that's 16 and 24 hours in a day. Well, they said that was the average, so it's probably like everyone that watches TV all day and then everyone that doesn't watch TV all day. But also, if you got home from work at six and immediately started watching TV... Watch till like like one in the morning. Yeah, and some people do that, you know. Some, but certainly not enough of well, a majority. There's no way the average... Because you'd have to wake up and like watch two hours of TV in the morning before you go to work. But like Anna said, it's just an average. So think of like all the old people that are retired and can't move around and watch TV all day. Or, you know, just... I don't know. <laughs> people that can watch TV all day because they're rich or whatever. Or, or on your days off. Like, yeah. You know, some people get to watch TV then. We've watched TV all day before. Put that in the average. Yep. I don't often complain about watching TV all day. It's pretty enjoyable if you can get in a good, mm-hmm. a good solid a good day. Pattern. Yeah. It only sucks when you end up spending like thirty minutes just searching and searching and searching. Okay, the At average least. American only watches watches three hours of TV a day in nineteen ninety two. God, I. <laughs> <laughs> It makes a difference. Get your science right. It's going to be significantly less. We watch way more TV than they ever did back then. That's true, because it's in my phone now, too. I don't know. What if they only count it as actual physical TV and write? They don't say how it's screen time if they're separating it now. According to a fact sheet from Tufts University, um, the average amount of television watched per day among Americans has hovered around three hours per day. Uh, since 1975. Oh. If anything, the average amount of television consumed per day among adults has decreased from a high of 3.1 hours per day in 1982 to 2.8 hours per day in 2004. So seven and a half hours is fucking bullshit. That's a big exaggeration. Stupid movie. Well, this is an alternative universe, Mm. so... I was just going to say that. (laughs) How do you know? 
because Satan is live and among us and getting people to buy TVs. Okay. Okay. That's not happening in in the world, in the real world. Well, yeah, I mean, it's an alternative universe, so it's kind of like ours, but not really. Hmm. But I'd argue that it's meant to be modeled after ours. There is a remote that sent you to the lower dimension, to the hell plane. Well, yeah, man, the devil's powerful. Was it the remote or the satellite dish? The satellite dish sucked you in, but the remote had some control over that universe. Yes, so... Mm. The remote only actually did anything for you when you were in different planes Mm. of reality. The satellite dish is what actually transports you. Yeah, that's a portal. Hmm. Portal to hell. And that's why we got rid of satellite dishes. Mm. Mm -hmm. That makes Mm -hmm. sense now. That movie caused mass panic. Yep. (laughs) Threw mine in the swamp. Where it remains to this day. It does. Like a box of Jumanji. (laughs) The Prime Star dish is just down there humming. I always find it surprising when, like, media or film has that, like, moral lesson of, like, don't watch too much TV. Because at the end, it's like, Roy wasn't watching as much TV. Mm -hmm. He only watched, you know, 60 minutes, and then he just did fencing. He was more of a doer afterwards. I always think that's interesting when, like... they want you to watch the movie <laughs> and yeah. like sit down and watch more movies, but they're like telling you it's not good for not you. To. Yeah. Mm. Well, maybe because it's a movie, they're like, hey, stop watching TV. TV is bad, but go to the movies. Yeah. Because movies are wholesome and bring people together. They just want more money in the movie theaters. Yeah, so you can buy your popcorn for $20. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. $20 popcorn is tight. <laughs> I guess. And they give you as much as what the Seiden bombs were eating yep. in the beginning of that movie. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they really do. And by the end of, by the end of the opening credits, it's all stale and cold. <laughs> You're like, hmm, glad I got this 50-pound thing of popcorn I get to deal with. How are you crunchy and soggy at the same <laughs> time? <laughs> I can't wait to spill you halfway through the movie. I can't wait to find one of these kernels in my teeth five days from now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After 10 different flossings, 20 different brushings, and yet somehow you have just been hidden. Yeah, I fucking hate popcorn, man. Sometimes it really slaps, though. Gotta get the good popcorn. Mm-hmm. Shit hides my mouth like Bin Laden in caves. <laughs> it takes forever to find it. That's awesome. Your toothbrush is named Seal Team Six. <laughs> <laughs> One last no, I'll save it. Never mind, I'll save it for my rating system. Okay. Ooh. Mm. Final thoughts then? Yeah. You want to talk about ratings? You kicked us off. Yeah, sure. Uh, my final thoughts. I thought it was clever. I thought it was very well done. Um, it didn't look cheesy at all, which you know I was trying to, I was struggling with, thinking how it was going to work. I. In my mind, I had originally pictured them like, for some reason, it was a, a, a picture of a TV that I was going to watch through my TV. So I thought I was going to see them, you know, on a TV the entire time. Mm. And then like, for some reason, running across different sets to like get to the different shows. So I'm <laughs> glad that wasn't 
what was going on because that looked hokey in my brains. Um, I think it, it was pretty funny and pretty clever. I'm going to give it two and a half napper crappers out of five. Hmm. And the napper crapper was the thing that I was going to talk about before because I thought that was f- f- fucking hilarious. So you, you kind of thought it was going to be like a side scroller. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. I don't know why. That's cool. That would that would have been a whole different vibe for sure. It really would have. Mm. You wanted to talk about the napper crapper? That was I the thing. Was, that... <laughs> yeah. No, I really like that. You could win it on You Can't Win. Oh, my God. Poor You Can't Win. The Napper Crapper. I was on a different page for a second. I was like, was this something the sun said? Like some coin of phrase? Like some modern... I didn't get what he was talking about for a minute either. Oh, no, the the chair. I was thinking of a napkin. Oh, no, the Napper Crapper. It has the fridge, the toilet, the the little TV. (laughs) Everything you need would be immensely popular today if if you put that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was concerned, though, the way the fridge looked like it was inside and then the toilet was right above it. Yeah. Like, how does that work? That's it. I have kept beers cold in the back of a toilet. It's clean water. That's not where the beers were. It was, under the bowl part. Maybe they redesigned it because of the uh, recliner it was built into. Mm. Anyway, so two two and a half out of five? Two and a half napper crappers out of five, yep. All right. Um, I really love this movie. There was so much that I'd never remembered, and I thought that was really cool, because I thought I remembered kind of a lot of this movie. Um, I really love exploring all the different channels. I love movies where they jump from, like, theme to theme. I think that's always really interesting. And a lot of good puns, which I also liked. Um, but I did feel that the end was a little dragged out. There was a point where I was like, this movie is still happening. That's really crazy. Uh, so I gave it Nine out of ten cable channels. Ooh. Yeah. I almost did a cable. I almost did a channel rating system myself, nice. so I'm glad that I <laughs> ended up changing my mind last second. Mainly because I used way too high numbers. Yeah, then really. I was just, well, I went out of the full out of 666 channels, and then oh, I was like, ah, am I gonna cool. have to do fractions? Because like, eh. and then I switched. <laughs> just, I just switched to the, the things. Um, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, it was super fun, very imaginative, uh, very well written. Um, the off-brand and alternate alternate uh, show names were so clever, very well played. Um, I just, it was tight. I kind of kept waiting for it to like slip out a little bit where it kind of got, like, got a corny vibe and like it just didn't. Mm-hmm. I was really in it. Like I really enjoyed the movie the whole way through. The The concept was just a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, I, I really dug it. Uh, my rating is four out of five donuts. Wow. That's the highest rating you've given anything ever. Yeah, it is. It might just be, like, because it's a perfect day to watch a movie. It's kind of dreary and cold out. So maybe it's just, like, a little bit of the atmosphere or something. But I just it was, I just fell right into it and stayed in it. And it, was, it was fun. It was a fun ride. Nice. Yeah, I mean, this is one of my childhood favorite movies. I've watched this for a really long time. And... Maybe this is where I started getting into weird occult shit because this movie was one of my favorites and there's a lot of like devil things, but they're done in a comedic way, which I find very tasteful. Um, Some of the uh, interesting like TV control systems that they have as part of the showing, like where they're in the music video with salt and pepper and they use the remote accidentally to mute the song. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Like that was, that was really cool. And they had like the volume 
uh, what I, I don't know bars what it's called. At the yeah. Bottom. yeah, yeah, the bars, the volume bars at the bottom. That's like a really cool part of it. They just did everything very tastefully. Um, so my rating is nine out of ten head spins on the exercises. <laughs> <laughs> yes, nice. nice. What docked him that one point? Um, it's just like not a perfect movie. I mean, I don't think any movie is perfect, but like this is very good for me. That's fair. Are you ever going to give a full 10 out of 10? Probably You're, not unless it's like the Labyrinth. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you oh. clearly have never seen Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone. Well, it has Sylvester Stallone, so it cannot be a perfect movie. That's at best an 8. 10 out of 10. Yeah, I definitely want to watch that one again. And like look for all the little stuff. Pay more attention to like the random like pun signs and, and when they do all the shows and... I agree. Maybe we should uh, make a revisited list. Tim, you're up next. What movie are you bringing us next time? Oh, you know it's going to be Condor Man, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tim's first non-Christmas movie. Oh, I'm so pumped. Here we go. Yeah, this is going to be great. It never goes as planned. I've shown so many people this movie, and they've just, like... You just see them zone out so early into it where where when the good stuff starts happening, because they haven't been paying attention, it's not as exciting because you don't know why it's happening. Mm-hmm. You're like, wait, how the hell did we get here? And so, I, I, yeah, I'm just excited to to uh, share with people who are interested in, you know, and this this whole idea, like this is the perfect setting to watch this movie. And so I'm, I'm very excited. And it's just, yeah, it's phenomenal. You're, you're excited to have a captive audience to watch. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and it holds with our theme. There is uh, there's a part of it that's animated. Okay. Oh shit! Awesome. Oh man, cool. Can't mm. wait for that one. Fantastic. I'll say one of my favorite lines. Uh, All I have is my trusty cane. Thank you for visiting Paramecia Theater. Please follow the dancing hot dogs safely to the marked exits. Feel free to take a disappointing childhood memory on your way out. If you enjoyed your experience tonight, we ask that you come back soon. Next week, we'll be having a special on stale popcorn. Two-gallon bucket for the low, low price of compromising your morals. Until next time, this has been Paramnesia Theater. Thank you for listening to Paramnesia Theater. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and follow us on Instagram at paramnesia underscore theater. If you have any feedback you'd like to provide, send us an email at paramnesiatheater at gmail.com. And remember, support your local drive-in. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.